Well, guys, welcome back to Decoding Babylon. I'm JT, my partner Brian over here, and we have a special guest. And I'm sure if you're with Understanding Conspiracies YouTube channel and you're a subscriber, you know the guest is Paul, and we're totally honored to have you on here, Paul. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Um, oh, of course. Fun. It's going to be fun. it's funny i was i was saying before that like as brian and i made ancient angels a show that's i mean a movie that's about dedicated about the like kind of our, our history that's been untold about angels nephilim demons like inevitably somebody saying that like, you need to hook up with this guy paul from uh -huh. understanding conspiracy because he's got this very interesting take about clowns in nephilim and it's at first, when I saw, I think I saw your videos popping up because obviously the kind of stuff I watch on YouTube, the algorithm says you're going to like this guy's videos. The idea that a clowns and nephilim are could be some, there's some could be some kind of connection. It sounded at first provocative to me until I watched one of your videos and I was like, wait a minute, actually this is not just some kind of outlandish take. It actually makes perfect sense. And and so Paul, the obvious question is like, how did you make this connection? Because I don't think I haven't seen many other people talking about this. Uh, yeah, it is a weird one. I know, I know what it sounds like. I really do know what it sounds like when you first hear the theory. Trust me, like um, as I explained before it crashed. You know, I, I didn't think I'd end up talking about these type of things. Um, it's just where my research led me, and it's just one of those snowballing connections that kept going one thing after another. Um, I'll correct the record now. Even though the theory is called the Nephilim look like clowns, technically the truth is clowns are modeled after Nephilim. So there's a, there's a difference there. You know, my wife is always telling me I'm, I'm a fraud. You need to title, like, change the title. You're <laughs> lying to people. And I'm like, you know, I, I've been doing this for seven years. I can't change it now. It is what it uh -huh. is. You know, I didn't know it'd end up like this seven years ago when I started this mm -hmm. thing. <laughs> but here I am and I'm not changing the name. You know, it, it seems to work for people. So that, that's mm -hmm. what I'm going to stick with. Um, but yeah, so uh, as I was explaining earlier before it crashed, I'll, I'll speed it up again, because if anyone wants to know the full in-depth story to all this and my whole testimony, go to my channel. Plenty of stuff on there explaining how I got to this. But uh, I essentially came out of the New Age perspective, deeply immersed in uh, occult knowledge, let's say, symbolism, practices, a heavy psychedelic user looking for spiritualism. And in 2014, after a few years of conspiracy research and discovering the truth after the Mayan calendar of 2012 end of the world roped me in, <laughs> um, I went down my rabbit hole uh, thing and, and just, yeah. So like I said, I did my rabbit hole research and um, I kept hit bumping into the Christian angle, the Christian explanation to explain why we have a conspiracy. And uh, I didn't want to go there because I was heavily seeped in the idea that I'm my own God and I can find out all the truth from my own knowledge and save myself in that respect. Um, but I couldn't keep ignoring this whole Christian perspective. It was, uh, it always led back to Jesus. No matter which rabbit hole I went down, it always came full circle back to it. whatever happened with this guy called Jesus is why you have a conspiracy today. Uh, so in 2014, I suppose is, um, when I was born again, I was kind of at the end of my 
uh, wick. I had nothing left to give. I was heavily burnt out seeking the truth through psychedelics and drugs. Um, I was no direction in life. It was the end of my art degree. I didn't know where I was going, what I was going to do with my life or what I even believed. I was a mess. <laughs> I was just broken down on the, on the, at the end of my ability to just even continue with life. It felt like this is, this is, it was the point, you know, the world's a mess. It's controlled by evil people. What can we do? We're insignificant. We're tiny. I, I, you know, the, I, clearly some evil forces ruling the world. All these type of thoughts are everywhere. And, you know, I, I got down on my knees basically. And I was like, God, if you're real, help me. That's basically, that was as simple as that. Just asked for help. Awesome. At That's all. Praise God. You know, at the end of everything and, and with nothing else to give, you know, and all the new age Gnostic stuff left, left me with nothing but pain and misery and more questions. I didn't know. I didn't get any answers from that at all in the end. As much as it felt good to think I had all this wisdom and knowledge and power from it, it wasn't actually helping me practically speaking in my life. My life was a hell. It was, it was terrible. You know, and I had no job, no money, no direction, nowhere to live. It was kind of just a bad situation. I said if this you know if this is what the occult knowledge gets me then what's the point mm -hmm. it's kind of what i got to it's like this is this is not good um so i gave my life over to jesus in about march 2014 just at the end of my degree doing fine art and i went down the biblical perspective and everything was opened up to me from that mm -hmm. day and i started studying mm -hmm. the word more mm -hmm. biblical history um that got into things about the watchers and enoch and the nephilim and that kind of answered a lot of questions for me specifically the question of the flood you know, why would, why would God allow such a thing? And, um, I think it's something not many Christians who perhaps raised in, in the institution of churchianity would want to really look at. I think a lot of them consider it blasphemy as well. Um, but mm -hmm. I, I didn't, I wasn't raised in that world. So for me, it was easier to question narratives that perhaps were more dogma to Christians than they were to me, if you get what I mean. Um, so looking into that, it explained a lot of questions. It was like, okay, so that's why God sent a flood. I get it now. I understand what he was truly like during that time. It was, you know, something needed to be done. It was a mercy. Mm -hmm. It wasn't cruelty, you know, right. That time mm -hmm. was awful. And, um, so from my creative perspective, mm -hmm. you know, and having this experience with psychedelics and spirit beings, I understood that, you know, so demons or spirits are the disembodied spirits of Nephilim. So I had that and it's kind of like any interaction I've seen with people, my friends who did these psychedelics, including myself, what they would find were incredibly colorful, crazy looking things in these other places where the demons are supposed to be, you know, in this dry place, disembodied, let's, as Jesus describes it, you know, and it did never matched up for me with the images I would always see of Nephilim on most presentations during this time period, you know, um, people like Rob Skeever at the time were making a lot of presentations talking about the Nephilim, trying to square the history and, and understand it. And, you know, um, Gary Wayne as well. And, it never sat right with me when I kept seeing these images of really tall, hench, huge pectoral, muscled, brown-haired, <laughs> tanned, you know, barbarian-looking men. It's like that, that. It just didn't sit right with me. It's like it doesn't make sense because everywhere I've researched, it's like the Watchers, even outside of the biblical perspective, are something akin to a fiery flying serpent or a feathered serpent or a rainbow serpent. If you want to go to Australia, there were these serpentine class dragon like gods at some point that mixed with humans and created human dragon offspring. And I was thinking of these, they wouldn't look human. Yes. It was always at the back of my mind. They wouldn't look human, you know, and I'm like, I'm a creative mm -hmm. person. So I was always sat with that. And um, while doing my, 
research into everything occult and everything Christian and trying to make sense of these symbols and signs. Uh, 2016 came around and there was this thing, this mass clown sighting happening that was panicking people, you know, and everyone was scared about sightings appearing of uh, people dressed like clowns with knives stood at the edge of forests or in, in, in on street corners, just menacingly scaring people. And it wasn't so much the story about clowns that got my interest. It was the fact that every single news station across countries from Europe all the way to America was telling this st same story. Now, if it was just a small isolated event in some particular city in America and the local news station did a store on it, this wouldn't be a thing, but it was all of them. It was everywhere. It was a mass clown sightings all across the country and i couldn't help but feel okay so the media is controlled by you know let's just call them the illuminati just to summarize oh. it very quickly i know it's more complicated <laughs> I'm, I'm there i'm with you there <laughs> yeah let's just say that okay so if it's heavily controlled by occultists they don't show you anything on that box in the corner of your room unless they want you to see it there's a reason Absolutely. why they're showing mm -hmm. this it's a controlled orchestrated show okay so why are they showing those clowns what does it mean that there are Mass clown, clown sightings everywhere. Well, yeah, well, yeah. What's going on? You know, what what is going on? Mass clown clown sighting. clown world, right? Yeah, yeah. Then then again, obviously after that event, the clown world mm. world meme did become a huge thing. Everyone mm -hmm. was describing reality as like a circus. There's these clowns everywhere going against reality, and and it's it's just a, it's a truly became a clown world, like a mimetic thing in the mind of everybody that the world we live in, the reality we live in is surrounded filled with clowns in, in a truer sense, you know, the way they act like fools. Mm -hmm. But this event, this event kickstarted a lot for me. It, it kind of pieced a lot of pieces together in my mind. Uh, because prior to this event, you know, I had been, like I said, I'd left my new age psychedelic taking life behind. I was sober by this point after 2014, I quit a lot of things, you know, including cannabis and, and drinking and drugs, all that kind of stuff just gone, you know, and I still had nicotine, but I'm, I've been nicotine free now for a, a year. Job, I stopped bro. last year. I went down to a, an electric cigarette. So it took a long time to get there, but being born again is literally, I became a new oh. person and the things that I used to like, I didn't like anymore. Now that was a problem for the demons who were probably <laughs> loving to live through my body vicariously and experience mm -hmm. those things. I don't think mm -hmm. they were too happy about my newfound faith mm -hmm. and the Holy spirit kind of kicking <laughs> them out. So I think I had a lot of attacks during that 2014 to 2016 period, which were demonic in nature because the, it was kind of a, well, Paul, if we can't have you, nobody can type of attitude from these entities. And mm. I had firsthand experience of them trying to kill me. Mm. I, had, I had one moment where I, I felt like my body went paralyzed um, and darkness seeped in from the corners of the room and I was dying. Mm. And it felt like something dark was trying to rip my, my soul out of me. He was trying to kill me, you know, and um, I literally just said, Jesus, help me. It's all I could do. And it stopped instantly and I was back in the room, awesome. you know, and things like this kept happening. They kept happening during this initial leaving that world behind and being born again period. And then, then I was attacked by, in a dream, by a hat man entity, which is a very common oh, hat, demonic entity. Hat man, yes. And I didn't know anything about him till after I had the attack and did some research. Oh, uh -huh. And it turns out this is everywhere. This is like everyone sees this thing who gets demonically attacked. Like, what is going on? You know? Um, so I had a dream about that. And he looked like a purple pin <laughs> of some kind with a cane and multicolored ribbons flying off behind him, like the Morris dancers or the mummers or something. You know what I mean? It had this weird folky vibe to him. And, and then I had a random vision of, of literally looking up. I was in the DMT realm again which I'd been to a few times before and I knew quite well. So I knew where I was 
But this time, there was a, an enormous jester in front of me, like a giant black and white, fractaled, big purple grinned, giant glowing purple eyed jester mm. creature. And it was, it was enormous. And I was like, okay. And then I was back. And I was like, I don't know what that was. These are all things I kind of just placed on a shelf in the back of my mind. What am I supposed to do with this information? I didn't know at the time. You know, it, it didn't make any <laughs> sense then. It was just, okay, Paul, I probably shouldn't talk about this because you'll look crazy. Yeah, be doesn't... careful who you tell, <laughs> be careful who you tell that story to. <laughs> yeah, let's just leave that to one side for now. I'm sure I'll figure that out <laughs> later, you know. And, but I remember, you know, during my DMT days, people always said they saw jesters when they did DMT. Jester-like entities would come up to them and start making fun of them and prodding and poking them and telling them to stop taking life too seriously, you know, and just to just give in to the, uh, the experience and no, don't give in to astonishment, you know, and, you know, showing them stuff. And it's, I finally saw one. I got it. It's like, there they are. Okay. But I only saw it a couple of years after I quit all this stuff. So it's like they were revealing themselves to me after I quit. Was it, in it was a very dream? strange because when you during, saw it? No, this was just a random flash oh, in the really? middle of the day for no oh, because, reason whatsoever. Yeah, because whatsoever. the drug stays yeah, in the spine. Was... I've heard some of the drug kind of things. They like store and they'll happen. I've, I've heard plenty of, yeah, yeah, they call mm -hmm. them flashbacks. Um, so I put it down to that initially. Mm -hmm. But I found it strange that in all the years I was doing these things, I never saw anything like that. And then suddenly when I quit, it's like I could see them again. And while I've got the Holy Spirit in me, I felt more protected. Like, sure, I'm looking at this thing, but it can't do anything to me is what it felt like. It was just one of those moments where it's like, okay, again, I didn't know what to do with that. So when 2016 came around and these clown sightings happened, and then I had all this back research of um, the Nephilim would have looked like some hybrid mix between lizard creatures and humans, whatever that looks like, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, it, it all kind of just clicked with the 2016 clown sightings. And I realized the clown is a symbol for something and it seems demonic. Mm -hmm. And if demons are the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim, are they trying to there's something here i don't know what it is people see jesters in on dmt and it all kind of came together and i rolled with that point clowns and nephilim all right has anybody done anything about this concept before and i looked into it and no no one has ever really made that connection i think there was one channel called the grox one years ago someone brought it to my attention and i remember watching him years ago like we're talking like 2011 period here and I think I remember people reminding me he drew clowns in Google Maps and he said the streets have been laid out and there's clowns hidden in the streets everywhere out of the road marking. So I think that's as far as anyone's ever really gone with associating. That's weird. With a clown. <laughs> it was weird. Yeah, yeah. But at the, in the, at the time, that was a big channel, you know, and mm -hmm. I think that's the closest someone's made a connection that, okay, the clown and the demon must have some connection in some way or the clown means something symbolic because um, whoever built the streets has clearly put the clown into the streets everywhere. So there you go. But even then, I was always dubious about his drawings and sometimes I thought he was stretching a little bit to make a clown out of them and other, th other things other than just clowns. So I guess there was that. And then somebody had also made a video kind of mocking conspiracy theorists so it was a mock conspiracy theorist documentary a mockumentary you know um talking about the nephilim concept and he was he was having a laugh at our expense he was making fun of us you know anybody who believes in the nephilim is a crazy conspiracy theorist type video but he was like doing it in a history channel style voice and he was like the nephilim had white skin mm. red hair and they were cannibalistic in nature there's only one explanation <laughs> 
they were interdimensional killer clowns from out of space. Yeah, he's right. You know, he's exactly. Right. Exactly. You know? <laughs> and yeah, so finally, he, yeah, finally somebody got it. <laughs> so he made this joke, and the video doesn't even reference clowns or anything in the title. It was really obscure. The fact, the, the chance of me finding this was very obscure, but I found it, and I was like, "Wait a minute, what did you just say?" Uh-huh. You know? And I, I, ro- I rolled with it from there myself, and I realized actually, <laughs> actually, actually here I am, you know, seven years later. Um, what I've discovered is that not only is the clown from its very inception in the West literally representations of the demonic European and Indian demons specifically, but it was also fully designed by Freemasons from its very inception as well. And it is actually used as a symbol to represent the Nephilim specifically as a tool to channel them as a costume. And the Nephilim did look like clowns. Mm. That's basically how well, we got that's that. that's interesting because I think that there's so many like obviously things in the culture and I don't know it's like it, from the earliest time I can remember people saying I'm afraid of clowns and it's almost like did has anyone ever said I like clowns I mean because like that's like there's there's way more people say that I'm kind of creeped out by clowns without noting noting any connection to the demonic especially nephilim mm-hmm. and just saying. Clowns kind of freak me out a little bit. They're just a little bit strange. And it's like, I think so, like, as like I said, at first I thought it was a little provocative, but then I was just like, but you know, like why, like in the movies, clowns are presented as evil way more than they're presented as funny, funny characters. Mm -hmm. They're almost always presented as dark and weird and sinister. And obviously you can say, you just look around just pop culture. It's just like, that's how they're represented. So, I mean, it, it does. It makes more sense than you realize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, col- colrophobia, which is the fear of clowns, is actually it's up there. It's su- surprisingly mm-hmm. up there on the list of top ten fears. And it's kind of like it's so bizarre, isn't it? It's like because you got you got spiders, you got snakes, you got heights. The big three, you know, oh. just generally people just have a, mm-hmm, a version. Right. And you could argue, well, that's a predator response to snakes and spiders. Um, if you know, I'm, I'm not promoting evolution here but they would argue you know we used to be hunted by these things therefore we have an inbuilt fear of them because of the you know we used to live in forests which had snakes and spiders killing us but if you can go that far to explain that um if you want to go that way but uh why clowns why would you be scared of a clown and uh, it's funny because every like year or two years you can search them up there's been an article released every year or so by some newspaper somewhere to talk about the fear of clowns they always bring it up every year and they always say the same thing. It's kind of like they're trying to get this people to believe why you're scared of clowns is it's because of the uncanny valley. Mm-hmm. It's almost human, but not quite. And it scares mm-hmm. people. Masks scare people because you can't read their emotion. And we naturally as humans need to read people's emotions. It's an evolutionary thing. So and when we don't trust people who wear masks. So naturally it's a fear. But I'm starting to think that's kind of the cover story. I think it's more the predator response thing, like the other ones. Because if this, this is if the clowns do are a caricature of what the Nephilim would have looked like, because that's what it truly is. I don't. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that. I don't. I think people really need to get this because I've heard, some of my critics would say that. Of course, the Nephilim didn't look like clowns. I don't mean they went around with big red wigs <laughs> and big red bulbous honk noses with horns going honk honk on unicycles like that. That's that's a joke parodied caricatured image of what the Nephilim truly did look like. Mm-hmm. Okay. The clown is meant to look silly to us today. That's how we're supposed to interpret it. It's a mirror. 
you know, and I think the real fear comes from they used to hunt us, they used to eat uh-huh. us, they, we were prey to them, and uh-huh. it's just ingrained deeply into us, our collective psyche of humanity. To when you see something that looks uh-huh. like that, you uh-huh. you you run or you stay still, you panic, uh-huh. you you have a prey response to a predator like this. Giants, what are you supposed to do when you see a giant with a huge, big, red serpentine, uh-huh. smiling, grinning, sharp-toothed mouth, giant glowing eyes staring down at you with this wild, crazy, blood-red hair? What are you going to do? You're looking up at this enormous, like, 15-foot monster in front of you that clearly wants to uh-huh. eat you. It's kind of, yeah, yeah. I don't think you're going to forget that very quick. Uh, I think humanity is remembered. Um, in terms of caricaturing things, this is what humans naturally do. We seem to have a way. We're artistic by nature. I think that's naturally what we do doing i think in japan i think the oni is actually the most closest thing to a nephilim that we can actually uh-huh, get yep. in terms of a representation of what the nephilim specifically would have been like um and the oni demon with the uh wide smile the book teeth sticking uh-huh. up and down either way the wild-eyed look to it and um, that's actually extremely similar to the masks worn of the dragon masks uh-huh. in china um, and the um, the Hindu Rakshasa demons as well. It's identical to them. It's also identical to the Greek um, Gorgon Medusa, mm-hmm. which was a half human, half reptile hybrid, um, birthed out of a a female monster hybrid and a sea god. So a fallen angel with a siren. Mm-hmm. And it says in the Book of Enoch that the women who mated with uh, the fallen angels became yep. sirens. So it's the mm-hmm, same story right. told over every continent. Uh, the Rakshasas were giants, man-eating giants that subjugated mankind and turned them and became the slave class. And they were they were also guards. Every uh, single uh, of them, yeah. I think the Asuras were considered oh, okay. guards, and then the Rakshasas were the negative aspects. But I think it's just um, two sides of the same mm-hmm. demonic coin: the good and the bad. It's, that duality play is just a mm-hmm. lie. I think they use that to control people. In fact, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the good cop, bad cop dichotomy, I think is a right. bit of a, a demonic play, you know, good or bad cop demons are still demons at the end of the day. They're still an abomination in the eyes of the Lord. So it doesn't matter, you know, but I think they played a lot of games with people during that and there been time to keep themselves in power. Um, but yeah, the Azuras look identical to the Rakshasas. If you actually look at them, there's nothing, there's no difference to them. They just put the Azuras as guardians on their temples and the Rakshasas mm-hmm. are the demons that was, they were supposed to be fighting against. But they look <laughs> the same. They look like monstrous, big, like grinning, yeah. monstrous, like serpent-human hybrids. And this is what we're dealing with when we're talking about the Nephilim. And a lot of my work is an anthropological study of all of these cultures all around the earth. And I'm, I'm threading together the similar vein they all have when representing their version of a demon. And you, you realize they have the same traits, the same st- They have their own aesthetical way of artistically depicting it, their own cultural stylization, but they're all fundamentally describing and depicting through their caricatures, the same creatures. And you'll find clownish features often repeat over and over again, pale white skin, some kind of red nose motif or multicolored patterns all over the face, whether it be polka dots or triangles or something, Uh, some kind of headdress, which makes the hair look red, whether it's feathers, red straw, or even a golden headdress full of jewels of some kind, giving that radiating halo Uh effect. Um, They usually have makeup on their face to make their eyes look much larger. Um, And they often give themselves a big wide grin as well, Uh whether that's in makeup or in masks or whatever they Uh use to, venerate or dress like the clownish features appear you know and the clothes are always colorful psychedelic with ribbons or rags or something or some kind of bejeweled effect a lot like a clown costume you'll find people have been dressing like the demons 
for as long as oral traditions have and rituals have existed. And it's because what they're doing is they're trying to channel the ancestor spirits, as they call them. So right. they, cons they consider them the builders of their ancient civilization. So they're not talking about grandma or granddad or your uncles when they say ancestors. They're talking about 100%. the old the old ancient gods who created their civilization, who they still venerate, the Nephilim. Uh -huh. The Nephilim put yeah, themselves. Exactly, yeah. yeah, because exactly, because I think we, we try to explain that to people too. It's like ghosts are real, but they're not the ghosts of no. your grandma. No. Like the, the, spir the spirits that are here are uh -huh. unclean spirits. They're spirits Absolutely. of the Nephilim. And I was wondering if, and I'd wondered if you had have seen this before. So obviously you started doing this before, obviously most people talking about this, or, you know, I don't know as far as connections on YouTube and any of the, the people who are seeking the truth, but I, it was interesting. So I was going, as I was going back down the rabbit hole and somebody saying, Hey, have you ever seen that show supernatural? And it's like, gosh, it's probably like 20 seasons. I don't know how many, how long it's been on the air, but I was watching an episode and I think it was right around the time people were telling me to to connect with you there is an episode came out in 2006 and it was called everyone loves a clown <laughs> yeah and literally in this 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 show they they do expose a little bit of truth in there i think they, they put it in there they literally say this mm -hmm. this this clown that people are seeing it's obviously a murderous clown is a rakshasa or a rakshasa uh, how do you say it yeah have you have you seen that episode well funnily enough i i, I knew you had to <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you mentioned this um so I started my C series in 2016. I have I started with very little knowledge on clowns. I wasn't a clown guy. I've never cared about them, you know. Um, so I, and I've never watched Supernatural. So I ha I never got this information from anything prior. But uh, my re one of my recent episodes in my Nephilim Look Like Clown series is episode 42. So I'm quite deep into this, you know. I've been doing it for a long time. I'm 42, yeah, that's what I was <laughs> and 42 episodes <laughs> in, and I released this episode where I examine the Rakshasa demon of all the Hindu inspired countries of the, you know, the Austro-Asian area, you know, and that, that covers a lot of places, Sri Lanka, India, Thailand, going across to the Philippines, Bali, Papua New Guinea, you know, there's a lot of islands, it's a big archipelago, but they've all been influenced by the same ideology, Hinduism, and they all have their own mm -hmm. depictions of a Rakshasa demon. Um, so I did a whole episode on that and showing how, you know, if you look at the, the features of a Rakshasa demon, you'll realize that they're identical to the Greek depictions of their own versions of demons or the wild man depictions up here or um, Japan, the Oni and China. And you'll find, you know, the commonality, the thread going across a lot of cultures. And after I made that episode, somebody said what you just said to me, have you actually seen this episode of um, Supernatural? It, know, might, it, <laughs> it might've been, it might, it might've been, it might've been me. I remember in the comments, cause I was like, did yeah. you see that? Cause I just watched, cause I literally just watched that. And I was like, well, I guess it was confirmation I need to have on the show. I was like, that's weird. Yeah. Because so obviously I... it's like some 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 people might say, like as they say to me all the time, you're oh, you're reaching, bro. And it's like obviously they just straight up showed it in this show. Like, mm -hmm. this is a clown. Actually, not it's a, it's not really a clown. It looks like a clown. It's actually a Rakshasa. It's this it's this Hindu oh. demon. Yeah, specifically. <laughs> and that's the thing, because I weaved my theory into the history of the clown costume in the West and where do we get it from and what's it modeled after exactly. And, um, you know, that that's a whole huge long conversation in its own right, that history. But uh, basically, to summarize that quickly and why this is relevant to the Rakshasa, um, there was a time in the 1800s where there was a big shakeup in the, in the industry of theatre and the uh, British theatre specifically. And a, a son of a, of a very prominent, famous Freemason called Charles Dibdin, 
his son, who is also called Charles Dibdin, to complicate matters. But uh, <laughs> that's what they did mm. then. So Charles Dibdin Sr., who was a famous Freemasonic songwriter, very famous for making music, okay, and writing plays, big rock star of the time. And what do you know, he was a, he was a, a part of the craft, the Freemason Brotherhood, you know. So I reckon his mm. son was probably the same, to be honest, because uh, in true nepotistic fashion, his son got to take over one of the prominent theatres of London at that time. So, you know my dad's famous, you better let me run the run the theatre type of situation. Mm. And as soon as he got in there, he did a shake-up and he, he changed the costume of a clown. Now, the costume of a clown hasn't changed in like 300 years since its inception in like the mid-1500s, okay? Yeah. It's always been a boring, white, plain, white. Rag, ragged servant garb. Just white, mm -hmm. yeah. And there was no reason to change the costume of a clown that we could see. His argument was, I want to make my mark on the industry, so I'm going to change the look of the clown, you know. Um, but then you look at what he changed it into, and it's the most monstrous-looking, psychedelic, freakish thing you've ever seen in your entire life. You know, and it's kind of like, <laughs> how did you get from plain, boring, white servant garbs to this? Like, how did you? Were, that's a leap, you know, by any standard. And, you know, and you look into it, and you realize, oh, well, actually, Charles Dibdin Senior, his father, he had a brother called Thomas, who was a member of the East India Company, who was colonizing India, the British Navy at that time. And uh, Charles Dibden himself traveled back and forth to India a lot. He, he was even going to live there, but he decided to not. He changed his mind when the ship couldn't set sail because of bad weather. And he decided to stay in England. So they loved India. The Dibdins loved that country. And I reckon they took their inspiration from the de demonic symbolism on the, uh, the temples, specifically the Azuras and the Rakshasas off the Thai, Thai temples. And another one called a Kalasungsang Rakshasa demon, which means upside down demon, um, with the same face, you know. But um, I reckon they saw this iconography and brought it back to England and decided, I'm going to dress the clown like a Rakshasa demon. And you can actually find examples where they've done drawings of Joseph Grimaldi, the actor of the day who donned the first costume in this upside down position with it on his hands, with his legs in the air, with mm -hmm. his head bent up facing you. And that's identical to how the Rakshasa Kalasungsang is depicted in Bali. Mm -hmm. It's identical, you know, and yeah. it's kind of, you clearly mm -hmm. see where they got their inspiration from. They have just modeled the entire mm -hmm. costume and makeup after a demon in India, specifically like bang on, that's where they got it from. There's not a shadow of a doubt. You can see it clear as day once you put the two next to each other. Yeah, that's what, but it, no history book mentions that anywhere. They've just glossed over that fact. They don't bring it up. They don't talk about it. What, what you'll find is a lot of talk about how smart Joseph Grimaldi was, the actor who created the first costume of a clown. He had nothing to do with it. He was a Freemason. Right. <laughs> you know? Let me ask you a question. So as you were saying, when you were doing, you know, experimenting with drugs and you were seeing like these jester type characters, I remember before I ever, you know, started doing it, you know, going down the rabbit hole, I was listening to Joe Rogan. He had guys like Graham Hancock on, and they were talking about DMT. Yeah. And they were specifically talking about going down there, doing ayahuasca in the, you know, in the Amazon, working with shaman and all these people experiencing these kind of these, obviously these trips where they're seeing entities. Joe Rogan talks about smoking DMT, seeing jesters. And it's is there any, is, is there any kind of an equivalent? Yeah. What's interesting is like, so ayahuasca is the vine of the dead. Okay, so you're going in with this medicine man. It's like, okay, so obviously they're attempting to contact ancestors. Mm -hmm. And then they just so happen to start seeing like serpent type beings, 
it's like clown, looking jesters, clowns, snakes all over there coming out of their head and everything. Yeah. Is it is it possible that the the Diptans when they were in India, right, you think about like the Beatles going over to the Far East and coming back with all this kind of like hippy dippy stuff, the yoga, and then all of the stuff that that's inspired like the sixties. Is there a DMT equivalent, like that, or I mean, like whatever they use over in India to have their, you know, the religious ceremonies when they probably venerate the the Rakshasa and all the weird stuff they do? Uh, they primarily wear costumes to be specifically possessed by demons. That's how they open their channels. They do rituals where they dress like the demons, like the ancestors. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is this is the point. Like you don't need drugs to be possessed by a demon. All you need to do is dress like one. That's true. That, that's the secret. That's the secret they don't want anyone to know, in fact. Mm-hmm. That's the secret that gets used by all the music industry, in fact. Mm-hmm. If you dress like a psychedelic clown monster and white up your skin and red up your lips, you will be elevated through the industry. You will be. Uh, if not mm-hmm. by the demon within you mm-hmm. giving you skills you don't prior have, uh, the people who run the industry will notice you and put you on a pedestal for others to emulate and copy. Because the more people they can get dressing that way, the more channels they open. Is that a, is that a Lady Gaga situation <laughs> where she's... You know, like when, when she first, when she, when Lady Gaga first hits the scene, besides the fact that she likely stole some other pop star's identity, that was what she was known for at the beginning was that she was dressing up in the most outlandish stuff. And it's interesting how like, you have like the Doja Cats wearing all the gems and, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, they like dressing these people in like the most ridiculous ways. You think models and stuff like runway models, it's like, what, like, obviously they do stuff that no one would actually wear. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. Is it, is it, is it has something to do with sure. that? Absolutely. It's the same thing. It's the same practice all these ancestor spirit cult- cultures do. You know, in India, for example, you have something called the Thayum. Now, the Thayum is a very old practice. It's probably predates Hinduism itself, actually, and they still do it in this one specific region of India. And they basically have one person of the village who's the shaman. They don't call him a shaman, but that's their version of a shaman by any standards. And he would basically dress in this in this orange-skinned, black makeup with serpentine black slit makeup eyes, adorn him in like a a demon mask with like fangs and everything. He had this huge aura around him. He wears this very elaborate dress. And even when he does this, he has to go through a ritual while being painted by specific people. It's all very ritualized and and ceremonial, you know, from start to finish. Then he comes out to the public and then the people have to give him offerings like chickens, live chickens. And if they do, he has to eat it. He has to bite the head off the chicken because he is the embodiment of the demon. They are feeding the demon who now has embodied embodied this particular god, this person who is dressed like the god. And then they he channels the demon and mm-hmm. they ask it questions like, how can I solve this family conflict? What do I need to do to fall, solve this financial issue? And that's what the ritual's for, to gain mm-hmm. insight and power and knowledge from the channel, the, the individual dressed like the demon who is now channeling it. And you can look into it. That's called the Theum in India. And um, there's another one, very similar, just across the way, which has a slightly different name and a slightly different aesthetic, but they they do the same thing. They dress that way and and they get possessed. It's called the um, Theum? That, that's like, the like trick. Fame, like famous people? Like the Theum? No, uh, T-H-E-Y-Y-U-M. So they. Oh, they, they, them. They, them. That's even more, that's even more <laughs> fascinating and funny because, oh my gosh, I have so much yeah. to say about that. I, want, I wanted to mention something to you, actually, because this is, I find this very, um, very interesting yeah. when it comes to acting. You know, in Cambodia, there's a word for magic. It's cell. Okay. And I don't know if you know that, the, the word for magic. And that refers to 
um, like witchcraft and occultism. And then Selaba is in Cambodian. It's their same word for sale is their word for art and dance and acting. It's the same root word for art, dance and acting is derived from magic. They call it magic. And so they literally will call dance. And because they know that it, that those moves where they'd move their hands and they do those dancing. And that's where those the the, the things that look similar to the Rashasa like the giants that were um, in Cambodia as well. And they're, they're giant clowns. That's literally what they are. And like they embody these things with mm -hmm. their dance and they're doing what they call magic. It's the embodiment of the mm -hmm. acting uh, of that, that, in, that takes on that persona. And I think it's very fascinating because yeah. I was just in, I was just in LA and uh, I went by a place that I used to, before I was like a Christian, I'd, I'd gone there a lot and it was like this, this uh, improv studio. And I just went by to check it out and be like, see what it's like over there. Just kind of see around. I was with a friend. And when we went there, they were doing a class and the class was called clown. It's a new type, a new type of improv called clown that is going on all over the place right now, apparently. And what it is, and I watched this in kind of, I stood, I watched the whole thing. Cause I was kind of in shock a little bit when I walked into this and I'm like, what's going on? Oh, it's clown. And I'm like, clown. I was like, uh, this is, this is strange. And so I watched they're doing their improv and literally it's, it's, it's like a improv group, but it's almost like embodying you have to, they constantly talk about embodying the, uh, identity of the silliness or whatever, or, or try to feel the, the entity coming into you, the clown coming into you. And I'm like, listening to this woman saying, like giving instructions <laughs> to all these group of people. And I'm just like kind of shockingly watching this, like people being possessed. And I'm like thinking that because I cast demons out, bro. I like pray demons off of people. And so like, this is like what I do. And so when I'm seeing this, I'm just like, these people are getting possessed right in front of my face. I'm like watching them do this ritual. And I'm like, this is shocking. And people think that this is funny and normal. And they're like laughing. And towards the end of the thing, they're doing like this improv acting. And someone walks in with a baby, bro. Someone walks in with the baby and the people on the stage that are doing their improv go, baby, baby. And the other one goes, eat, eat, baby. And they start acting out eating a baby. Like, I'm not even joking. I'm watching this like, and everybody's laughing in the audience. And I'm like, you guys have no freaking clue what you guys are laughing at. Like, you guys think that's funny? Like, you have no clue that the people on stage are literally channeling a demon and it's mocking you about how it wants to eat your children. It was, it was. Is that, is that possibly like that Kundalini spirit that they always talk about? Cause even they took people like the, the counterfeit gifts of the Holy spirit, you go into these, these crazy churches and, and people are getting slain in the spirit and they're laughing like ridiculously. Like obviously, you know, our the Holy spirit's not a spirit of confusion or I, nonsense. And like they're just writhing mm. around the garden, like laughing or laughing at mm. stuff. Is that because obviously mm. you think of like the you know Hindu stuff, the Kundalini spirit? Dude, that I can I can totally give you an experience on that one because I do this. I don't know if you've ever dealt with yeah. casting out demons and stuff, but I'm sure this will be interesting. But like when I go to pray for people and we cast out demons, there is a very common thing that happens: that people will laugh. Certain people with certain demons, I'll be praying and they'll be like, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like. I'm like, I'm like, whoa, like the first time it started happening to me, I was like, they're like, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I did that. And I'll just be like, all right, in the name of Jesus, whatever's holding them down, I'd be like, come out now. And they'll be like, Aah! and they'll like wicked laugh. 
And you're like, you're like, what the heck is this? And then there's some churches that will like, I've gone where there's people that are like laughing when the spirit of God's moving, they're laughing. And I, and I was like, at first kind of thrown off. I was like, dude, this is really weird. Like, why are these people laughing? You know? And, and, and I recognized that it was demonic laughter and it was almost like the demon was like laughing that they weren't getting caught or found out that they were in the person in the presence of the Holy spirit and they weren't being cast out. And the demon was like mocking everyone in the, in the crowd, like laughing through the person. And they're like, Oh, it's, it's it's holy laughter. Some there is holy laughter actually. There is there is some situations where it is holy laughter, but most of the time it's demonic laughter. I've noticed like most of the time, and people don't catch it. They don't even they can't even tell the difference. But there's a significant difference between laughing with joy and laughing maniacal, and you can see that reflected. You you can see <laughs> yeah, it reflected see so clearly in in people because like you see like the Joker and all these other people in their acting in like uh you know they do that laughter thing like the evil bad guys always do that laughing <laughs> like when they when they win or something dude i've seen that in real life several times in real life okay i'll be like praying for somebody and they're like i don't know why i did that and they're embarrassed they're like i'm sorry i don't know why i'm laughing right now at you and i'm like it's not you it's fine there's something in you that's laughing and the minute i rec they recognize when i say that they go oh my gosh you're right and it's like the light bulb clicks on they're like i legit have a demon it literally just laughed through my mouth and I couldn't even control it. And they're like, oh my gosh, what the heck? And then then once the light bulb goes on, I can cast the thing out so much easier because I'm like, don't worry about it. It's not you. There's something in you that's mocking me. And, it, and a lot of times the demons will laugh at us. Don't worry. Oh my God, I'm, yeah, my literally. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's comical. And in fact, there's, there's an instance I prayed for a dude that um, in a, in a, um, I was in a church that didn't believe like fully in casting out demons and stuff. And there was this guy sitting behind me and he was like totally demonized. And it, it was like clear that he had some mental issues. He's like sitting there drawing on a piece of paper furiously. And like at the spirit of the Lord is just like, Hey, go talk to that guy. And I, and I just go up and I, and I sit down and the, like, it was towards the end of the worship thing and whatever. And I just walk over and I go, Hey man, I'm like, what's up, dude? And he's like, nothing. And I'm like, I'm like, what are you drawing? And he's drawing eyes. He's drawing all eyeballs all over. And I'm like, I'm like, Oh, like, I'm like, of course you're drawing eyes. I'm like, I'm like, what do you, I'm like, Oh, that's cool, man. What are you drawing out eyes for? And he's just like, Oh, you know, I just, I just draw stuff. I just draw stuff. And I'm like, you know, the eyes embody like, you know, the, the seraphim angel. And, uh, you know, uh, Satan was called a, a cherub and he also was described as being covered in eyes. And I started explaining some stuff to him and he's just like, huh? And then like the demon straight starts like kind of manifesting in him. And he's like, uh, and he's like growling at me all of a sudden and he goes back to normal and he's like trying to pretend to be normal. And then, um, I'm like sitting there talking with this guy. I'm like, Hey, so, uh, I was like, do you hear the voices? I just straight up asked the dude, do you hear the voices? And he's like. I believe we all do. And I'm like, no, not everybody hears voices, bro. I'm like, that's not a normal response. And then like, he was like, yeah, well, I, well, I hear him. And, and they talk to me, blah, blah, blah. And he starts telling me about his experience. Of, he's like literally straight up got, being demonized. And he's in the middle of a church and nobody knows and nobody even cares. And I'm like talking with the guy and I'm like, and I hear the spirit of the Lord goes, he has a spirit of joker. And I'm like, what the heck? I'm like, that's weird. And so then I, I'm like, all right. And I'm like, Hey, so, uh, I'm just going to tell you something. Uh, I think there's a, you have something demonic attached to you, bro. I was like, to be completely honest, I'm, I'm just going to share this with you. And you know, if you want some help, I can pray for you. And he goes, yeah, I think I might too. I think I might have something attached to me too. And then, and then he, and I go, you want to know its name? And he's like, he's like, yeah. And I'm like, it's saying it's, its name is Joker. 
and the guy's face just goes like completely blank and he's like i collect joker and he's like he's like i my whole room is covered in joker he's like i have statues of joker he's like i have posters of joker his whole he says his whole room he's collected action figures of joker and and dude nuts experience thing because i didn't know this guy i just walked up to him and i'm like i think the names of the demons joker and like he's just like what the heck and it like dawned on him but anyways i ended up praying for the dude and there was some cool stuff that happened and it was god totally moved but it was fascinating to see that joker demonic representation totally embodied itself in this guy as the joker and i was like so weird yeah so Paul, I wanted to ask you, actually, that, that's a good direction I wanted to go with. So the, the whole Joker connection in the movies now, uh, had you ever heard, obviously, a lot of people had seen all the Batman movies. You had, you know, like Jack Nicholson played him in 89, and then you had, you know, Heath Ledger, one of the most famous Joker experiences. Uh, I remember hearing this at the time, and of course, without any kind of spiritual understanding, I didn't understand this at all. Like Jack Nicholson claimed after Heath Ledger passed, he warned him about playing the Joker and, and it was like that, like, if you go look that up, that's all he said. He, and he like, he didn't elaborate on what he meant. What do you think he meant by that? I mean, obviously we, I have my, you know, I have my theories, but like, that's, that's very cryptic that he, like you re- makes sense that draws into the acting stuff. This guy putting on the paint and becoming this mon- maniacal character. Is that, is that what he was warning about? Uh, well, well, yeah. Like I said, to to dress like a clown is not a trivial thing, and that's the point. It's been made to be a trivial thing in our society in the West, but that's not at all how it's seen anywhere else in the world, where they practice these rituals called ancestor spirit worship. They know why they're dressing like a clown. They're dressing to be possessed by the demons for power. Mm. They they tell you that's why they're doing it. It's not even a secret. Mm-hmm. Um, in the highly Christianized Western Hemisphere. It's harder for the demons to be so brash and open about their tactics and possession. And we in the West have been manipulated to believe that spirits are people, you know, that you can communicate with through our occult mm-hmm. means. Mm-hmm. Um, we, if if a demon was to manifest into a person openly and we knew that, well, they run the risk of being cast out by somebody who has the Holy Spirit because we're a heavily Christianized geographical location on the earth okay mm-hmm. so the, the demons can't be so out in the open about it as they are in these other ancestor spirit worship sects in other places around the earth so they have to do it in a covert manner and again the the, the costume of a clown was created by people who work intimately with demons through these secret societies it's their version of the ancestor spirit costume used to channel specifically the nephilim spirits so when you have a character like the joker in the media which every year there's always some new Joker angle that gets created. Mm-hmm. A new film comes out. You know, I think part two is about to come out, is it not? Um, I think so, yeah. Character popularized over and over and over again every year. They're always repopularizing the Joker character. And then you get people dressing like it for Halloween, don't you? And then you get people idolizing the character as well, seeing it as a symbol of something fun. Why so serious? Mm-hmm. That's exactly what the DMT jesters say to people in that other realm. Don't take life too seriously, you know, that kind of idea. And um, well, they're getting people to dress like it every year, pretty much for Halloween, which is Samhain, a Celtic holiday, you know, and we right. understand they understood Samhain to be the time when the veil between the spirit realm and the physical realm is at its thinnest, when they're kind of just mm-hmm. touching, you know, and you can easily get in touch with the spirits during this time. So what they've managed to do is um, 
get people to dress like a Nephilim spirit just in time for the when the veil is the thinnest, so the channels are more readily available. And they do it by, through the media, popularizing the costume of a clown. And you'll find it today, you know, dressing like a clown is actually, as of 2023 and 24, high-end fashion. The fashion runways have gone with the clown aesthetic for these past two years and they tried to do it in um, late 2022 but it was laughed off the runway and people saying that we can't do this then the next year they did it again for their fall collection and now people are applauding it saying it's stunning and brave to dress like a clown and it's and (laughs) stunning and brave yeah and and the clown (laughs) aesthetic is going to be in it's it's vogue it's 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 what everyone's going to start doing and obviously you see these these run you can you can look this up right now i'm not even joking you know all fashion outlets are talking about the clown aesthetic being the it thing, you know. And but what you see on the runways are ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous costumes. But that will trickle down to the outlets eventually in a more watered down version, the clothes they sell to us to wear, you know. And don't be surprised if you start seeing the clown aesthetic become more and more popular. On TikTok, there's a huge underground subculture that got very popular in the past three years, which is called Clown Core. And it's about people dressing like clowns as a serious fashion choice to go out in the public on a regular basis and it's growing in popularity especially among gen z mm. surprisingly enough you know the the, the younger generations and uh, they have pushed this on us for a long time they get more and more people to dress this way and they do it through people like the joker um and you'll always see, i just my last video actually in the series was about just the last 10 years of clown propaganda through the media mm. And why they're doing it and how yeah, they're getting so people that's why. how they're getting people to dress that way you know it's they are pushing it hard now really hard like they are they want you dressing like a clown because they want to create more channels and that you know, being ignorance of the law of the spiritual realm is not going to make you immune to the law you know they know why they dress like clowns in these ancestor spirit worship cultures mm-hmm. to be possessed just because we don't know that's what it does doesn't mean we're not going to get possessed okay that's how it works right um and again if you fill your room with iconography idols dedicated to the joker character that's just opening up more channels you're just asking to be for this thing to come into you and use you as a if you haven't got the holy spirit something else is going to go in there you know and this is the thing you know they call it the spirit of joker all nephilim spirits are the spirits of joker Hmm. did you know there's there's very actually little distinction that's kind of how they well, it's like it's isn't, Manifest, isn't that kind of like yeah. that trickster that that, that yeah. kind of trickster Loki. spirit is that kind of what that's yeah and, that, and that... well they all look like clowns they all have that aesthetic about them even in the spirit realm you know and so to dress as a clown i'm, I'm sure maybe there are slight differences in how the nephilim looks just how every snake is unique in color and design you know but they're all snakes fundamentally and if if you dress in a specific way, you know, you, you're inviting any of them in, really. It doesn't matter which clown you dress like. It's a channel to it's an invitation to all the Nephilim, you know, uh, because that that's what it is. You, if you mirror something in the spiritual, you create a portal, you create a channel, you create a connection, and that's what they're getting people to do. Um, that's that's interesting yeah. what you're saying, and I was just thinking about that, like the, you know, if you guys were familiar with Heath Ledger before he played the Joker, it was like, I mean, he was a good actor. I mean, I think he was likable. But I mean, everybody said when he played the Joker, it was like you didn't even see Heath Ledger up there anymore. And I, and I was I was just kind of just thinking about that, like, yeah, was that that wasn't him, no. likely playing that because he's like he played the Joker so much different than anybody else did, and he really was very convincing the way he played it. And it's like, oh, I got the chills just thinking about that. Like that that that's what we saw up there was 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 not Heath Ledger even anymore. acting through yeah, him. Putting on a mask is is serious. 
putting on, and that's what actors do. All the original actors in theatre wore masks for this reason, you know. And you see it yourself, and you were talking about it there, you know. Um, people were doing the clown um, act, you know, embodying the spirit of of comedy and humour or something like that, whatever. Um, I, I've seen a video in the past where you know, people put on the mask and they start going nuts. They start talking in tongues and, and making silly noises. And you can see these videos of people look like they're being possessed just as soon as they put a mask on. And I don't think it's, I think it's extremely serious. I think, I think we do not understand the power of masks. Like they, they, there's even a film called the mask played by Jim Carrey, one of the biggest right. Joker like yeah. characters to ever exist. And once he goes on it, it possesses him. It takes over with the spirit of a Joker like character of some sorts, you know, yeah. it's supposed to be Loki, exactly. isn't it? Of the Norse, of the Norse mythology, mm. but, uh, they're telling you in media what the role of masks really are used for and how they are still used today. And, and at what is acting, but somebody putting on a persona, someone changing their Well, isn't ego, the, the symbol, you know? the symbol of the, the symbol of the acting is like the one face is kind of like the one mask. that's yeah. like kind of smiling and the other one's kind of frowning. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's, that's kind of symbolic of, the whole the whole art isn't yeah it? well it's modeled after Di dionysus um who is the patron saint of theater the greek god of of wine oh, debauchery yeah. parties and theater and acting mm -hmm. um and dionysus is basically a fallen angel he was he was considered in the greek pantheon an outsider god from thracian culture but uh he he roamed europe with his band of merry men fauns and meonads with a big party and basically new people joined his band wherever he went and got put under his spell and there's a strange um, part of that story where anybody who's around him for long enough will turn into a fawn, will become a hybrid human, mm. will become a half-human, half-animal oh, hybrid. Wow. So that's really strange because you consider that the fallen angel were mixing of kinds and flesh during that time, you know, and hybridizing humans after the Nephilim, you know, when you couldn't mate with women anymore to create monsters, let's just mess with the DNA instead, you know, and that was going on as well. So even in that Greek myth, you have this, this patron saint of theater and the mask is actually modeled after um, first his face, the green man face as well. It's the same person. Um, and the smile actually isn't a smile. It's a heart shape. And this is where we get the symbol of a heart from as well. I, I did some research into this, you know, the typical heart symbol. It has, wow. nothing, to, it has nothing to do with our hearts because our heart isn't shaped. <laughs> yeah, because like they're that. not. Yeah, because it's not really. It's not anatomically correct. No, no, it's actually modeled after the ivy. It's the ivy leaf. Mm. Yes, yeah, and the mouth of the mask was the ivy leaf, which looks like a big grin when you see the heart there. You know, this big, pointed, powerful laughter face. You know. Um, but it's named after the ivy leaf, which was the flower of uh, Dionysus, like the leaf of Dionysus. So that's where we get that mask from. And then if you flip the ivy leaf and put the heart upside down, it was like it's crying or then it's smiling. And then it kind of all got mashed together. So that's where we get it from. And it's, it's, it goes deep. Okay. I'm just touching over some things. I mean, well, isn't, I wanna... isn't, isn't Dionysus. I remember looking this up one time we were looking, I think we were researching Halloween. And so they, I think the Greeks celebrated Dionysus in some kind of festival to him around October 31st. Yeah. And they dressed up. Yeah. So it's yeah. like maybe that idea of like dressing in the character of the, of the spirits of Dionysus. Well, well, what happened in Europe inspired by this Thracian cults, you know, um, you'll find that region of Bulgaria, Romania, now that kind of area, the Eastern European region where that originally comes from that, that ancient culture of Dionysus, they still do that practice. It's called the wild man tradition. And you'll find all of Europe does it, actually. Um, every country of Europe has an ancient wild man tradition. This is the European's version 
of the ancestor spirit worship culture from like India or Australia or South America or North America or these are the places. This is Europeans version of it. It's called the Wild Man. Mm-hmm. And it's modeled after Dionysus and his band of demons, shall we call it. Well, there's all these myths and stories of giants with clubs covered in hair and weird psychedelic colors and, and horrible beasts uh, roaming around with a club over the shoulder with the demons following them everywhere. So it's kind of modeled after this Dionysian story as well. Um, and you'll find every year around this time, this winter solstice period, just before before fasting and before like it kind of got Catholicized into the period before Lent, they would have this festival mm. now, but its sources of this Thracian understanding, like you just explained. And um, they would have this wild party of excess and drinking where they all dress like demons, like wild beast, horned, big, grinning, fanged demon monsters, mm. you know, and every every country in Europe has their own version of this, you know, and, and that's the, they are dressing like demons to channel them to then have a big party in excess and sin, basically, you know, but then they fast after that. Like it was okay. It doesn't matter that, that we did all, you know, we did all these horrible things. I mean, that's like, as you, as you brought up the Illuminati earlier, that makes you think of like eyes wide shut and yeah. like these, the wild, you know, like Rothschild parties where Animal they're masks. wearing like wicked masks, like long noses and, mm-hmm. and just deformed looking faces and stuff like that, all wearing it's, their cloaks and their, it's interesting when you wear stuff. a mask, the, yeah. the embodiment that comes along with it. I don't, I don't know if you guys ever done this stuff, but like, if you, uh, like I put on masks when I was, before I was Christian, I would like just play around and put on masks for fun and like, uh, do silly stuff. And we would like hang out. I had these big blow up dinosaur costumes that we would put in the dinosaur costumes and like walk around and terrorize the town. We were, we were just being goofy, me and my friends. And, um, and so like, but like when you put on a mask and you put on something that covers your face, it's very, very easy for you to embody a totally different character. Like you, like I have friends that when they are like, totally like reserved but once they put on the mask once they put the mask on it's like boom they become a totally different person they become the character of whatever they want it to be and it's like it's fascinating like all these kids that are doing these furry things you see this furry trend where they put on these big animal and it's so disturbing yeah Yeah, it's so disturbing but like when they put they're doing it because they're socially awkward but when they put the mask on and embody this furry which happens to be by the way there's a demon named furfur heads up Okay, if the people don't know that furries are derived from the demon furfur, look it up. It's interesting. Um, but but you put on this mask and they become a totally different character. They're more outgoing. They're more friendly. They're more everything because all the anxiety leaves because all the demons left you because you're embodying a bigger demon. And they're like, hey, cool. Yeah, let, you know, mm-hmm. come into this. And, and they want you in these costumes. They want people dressed up all the time. They want people dressed up like furries. They want people dressed up like clowns. They want people embodying so that because you can you can get into a character and it's like once you get into that character mm-hmm. it's so much easier to channel spirit this is how you channel demons guys people don't think people are like oh i don't have a demon bro like you don't even know what it is to channel a demon like but but it, it's so simple mm-hmm. to channel demonic entities it's when you begin to embody other personalities anything anything other than the image of christ that we're supposed to conform to you're you're potentially channeling demons